Well, my name's Connor. Corey already said that, but I'm, I'm Connor. And uh, about nine months ago, eight or nine months ago, Paul Artino approached me and he asked me if I would teach uh, tonight on, on anxiety. And, and honestly, I'm like super excited. I have a huge heartbeat for how the gospel just brings us peace. So I'm excited for what God has to reveal for us tonight. But, but there is a, a challenge to this topic because th- there's a weight to it. If, if we're being completely honest, it's just heavy. Like there's a lot of people in this room, I know. I just, I see the numbers and I just, I know there are people here who are just buried or feel like they're just in chains from their anxiety. So before we get into anything, I just want us to pray, okay? So guys, bow your head with me and we're gonna go to our Father for help. God in heaven, uh, you're a peace bringer. God, you break the chains of our yoke. God, and you give us an easy one. We adore you and we love you, God. And, and we ask, God, that you, the Prince of Peace, would satisfy the longing of our hearts tonight with your peace. God, your steadfast love. God, your mercy. God, we're asking for help tonight. God, I'm asking for help tonight. God, be with us, please. God, we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. All right. So the first thing I kind of want to talk to you guys about is, is just the problem of anxiety. And, and really, I, I don't really think I have to prove... <laughs> to you guys that it's in the world and that, and that it's not good, but, but let me try anyways. So how many of you guys ever have experienced anxiety to some degree, ever? Yeah, a lot of you, right, yeah, it's kind of funny. But, but, but even if you feel like you haven't, you know people, right, don't you? Maybe it's your mother or your parents or, or a sibling or a friend or somebody, but you, but you know people, right, who've experienced anxiety on some level. And I think everybody in this room unanimous, unanimously would say that it's, it's not good. Right? And along those same lines, I don't really think I have to prove to you that, that it's in the world. I don't really think I have to prove to you guys that you want peace. Right? But, but let me try anyways. How many of you guys are college students in here? Raise your hand. Yeah, give us, give us a number. Okay. How many of you guys procrastinate? Yeah, okay. So procrastination is your best effort to find peace in a moment, right? I, I don't want to deal with this homework. I don't want to deal with these problems. I'm going to put it off for later so I can have peace right now, Right? We want peace. It's true. I did it. I do it all the time. My version of trying to find peace is I go to the television and I check out. Ask my wife. She's back there. Her name's Nicole. She's beautiful and wonderful. Um, but seriously, I'll just go check out. I don't want to deal with my problems. I don't want to deal with that money thing. I just, I, I want to zone out. And so I do. So, some of you, we try, to, we try to medicate our anxiety with a drug, maybe. Maybe we try to do it with a drink. Maybe with a person. I, I don't really know, but... But here's the thing, people so often, they, they long for peace, and so often they never find it, right? And here's the reality. Some of you here tonight feel like the fight against anxiety, it just can't be won. Like, it's just like, I, I keep fighting, I keep trying for peace, everything's just so temporary, it never lasts. Anxiety seems to win, like, every day, right? Some of you... Anxiety is, is such, so real for you. It's so thick. It's so close to your face that you struggle to get here tonight. Like the crowd, it's just it's too much. I can't deal with these people. I don't, I don't want to be around a bunch of weird people. I, I can't do it, right? It just gives me anxiety. Some of you struggle to go to RC group because you're so anxious. Like how, how can they get it? How am, I, how am I supposed to be in this community, this close, close-knit community of those people when they can never understand what I'm feeling? There's just no way. Some of you probably struggle to want to spend time with your loved ones or maybe your family 
because your anxiety is just so thick. You're scared that it's going to spill out onto their shoulders like heavy bags of sand. And they'll resent you for it. They'll push you away. Some of you in here tonight are anxious and you just you have no idea why. Like you're sitting here. It's like, I, I've, I've asked the Lord to search my heart. There's no problem. I, I, there's, there's nothing going on in my life, but I have anxiety. Just serious, serious anxiety. And here's the thing. It's like we, we ask ourselves, is there any hope? Is there any hope for the anxious person? And, and here's the thing. I, I believe that there is. I strongly believe that there is hope in the gospel for the anxious person. And so I'm going to read Christ's words to you right now. His words to you, anxious person. And I want you to sit there. I just want you to listen to these and let them be like medicine to you. Okay? Here's what he says in Matthew 11. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me, and I will give you rest. And again in John 14, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give it as the world gives. It doesn't fade away. It lasts forever. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Jesus has come to bring peace to the world. That's the good news. Jesus has come to bring peace to the world and be the shepherd to the lost and the anxious. And I believe that Psalm 23 really teaches this, and, and honestly, it preaches this truth. So why don't we turn there together? There's a Bible on the table if you don't have one. Some of you guys have the phone app or whatever. Just take a minute, get there, and, and when you're there, look at me so I can kind of know where you guys are. You guys good? You there? Yeah, not yet? Maybe? Yes? Okay, great. Here we go. Let's read it together. The Psalm of David says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup, it overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Guys, let's go to God again one more time. and Just ask him for some extra help today. Heavenly Father, God, we are a group of anxious people asking for you to bring us peace tonight. We're asking for you to search our hearts. We're asking you to dwell in us richly, Lord, that your spirit would unlock the chains of freedom for us, and Lord, that we would be free from anxiety. God, deliver those who are crushed in spirit tonight. God, become their freedom, become their peace. God, we ask this in your name. Amen. Okay, so before we really dive into this text, I, uh, I want us to look at some of the context of it, you know, so we can kind of get what's going on. And the first piece of this is, is the author. Let's look at the author. So even before we get into the psalm, at the very top it says this is a psalm of David. So let me tell you about David. And if you don't know, if you've never heard of this guy before, he, he is a good yet imperfect king of Israel, okay? He had a ton of success. Like, people loved this dude. He was good looking. He knew how to fight battles. He, he was a songwriter. He was just super popular, right? But, but at the same time, he had massive failure, like massive failure. And, and in that failure, he had seasons. I'm not saying moments. I'm saying this dude had like seasons 
of serious anxiety. Serious anxiety. And I believe he wrote this psalm in, in one of those seasons. And he found peace in it. And, and within this psalm, it's kind of like a story. And he, he has two characters he talks about. He says there's a sheep. There's a sheep. And then there's a shepherd. And what's really interesting is David considers himself to be like a sheep. And, and here's what's, what's odd about that is it's nobody wants to be like a sheep, right? They are super anxious by nature. Like in their nature, all they can do is worry. They're completely helpless. They cannot help themselves. They can't find peace by themselves. There's this guy, um, his name is Philip Keller, and, and he was a shepherd for a long time, and then he became a pastor. And, and oftentimes some of the leadership or pastors, when they teach on this text, they'll go to him to kind of give some sort of context. So let's do that right now. He talks uh, very plainly about the anxious nature of sheep. And David considers himself to be like this. So, so let's look at that. He has four points about the anxious nature of sheep, okay? He says this, the first thing, he says, they're unable to rest. They're unable to find peace unless they're free from all fear. Unless they're free from fear. They will not lie down. They can't rest without the help of the shepherd. The shepherd needs to be there to free them from their fear, or they won't lie down. Here's the second thing. They have to be free from friction. Nobody can be touching me, or else I'm anxious, right? If anything is touching them at all, they're anxious. How, how high maintenance is that? That's ridiculous, right? But still, they need a shepherd. They need a shepherd to create that space for them in the middle of their herd, or whatever that, that's called. Here's, here's the third thing. Keller mentions they need to be free from flies. So with that whole wool situation they got going on, a lot of times insects, pests, and whatever, they'll like crawl in there. And when that happens, the sheep like loses its dang mind. Like it just, it can't stand it at all, which I don't blame. I mean, I would lose my mind if I had stuff all over me or whatever. But they, they need a shepherd to help take the flies out, right? They can't just like get the flies out. You know, they're not made for that. They need a shepherd or else they don't find rest. Here's, here's the fourth thing I just want to mention that, that Philip Keller talks about. They have to be free from famine, meaning they can't be hungry. Can you imagine that? Like, every time you're hungry, you're anxious. They don't go to bed unless their belly is full. That's just, this, that's just how it is. And they, the thing is, they can't find food without the shepherd. People stay in one place. They need a shepherd to take them to green pasture. So, so here's what I believe that both this Philip Keller guy and David are trying to say to us. Sheep need a shepherd to provide peace for them. They absolutely do. And this leads us to, to the mystery of the psalm, right? Somehow, David, by his own confession, his nature is anxious. He says, I'm an anxious guy. I'm in the middle of the valley of the shadows. So anxious guy in the middle of anxiety-producing conditions, somehow he finds peace. Somehow he finds peace. And, and I think it's worth asking why, how? Thankfully, David does not leave us clueless, but, but rather clearly lays out his heart and his thought process that brings him from a place of anxiety to a place of peace. David found peace in the midst of the valley of the shadows by considering his shepherd. He considers his shepherd. He considers three things. He considers his location, where he is. Where is my shepherd? This brings David peace. Second thing is this, who is my shepherd? And then he considered what he does. And that's kind of the outline for tonight. I'm going I'm to say that again for you guys. He considers where he is, who he is, and what he does. And this brings David peace. And that's exactly what we're going to do tonight. We're going to consider our shepherd. We're going to consider the good news that he has brought to the anxious and the brokenhearted, okay? So let's dive right in. So let's look at that first point, where he is, the location. Um, 
at the heart of the psalm, at the very heart of the psalm, this is what, this is what David says. Psalm 23, verse 4. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? He says, for you are with me. For you are with me. It would be quite right for a sheep to be anxious apart from a shepherd, right? We just looked at that, the Philip Keller thing. Like, it's, it's normal, and it's right for a sheep to be anxious apart from a shepherd. Apart from a shepherd, it could do nothing for itself. It will die. It'll, it'll die. It is no means of protecting itself or finding rest. It is no means of finding green pasture. So here's the question. How is it? How is it that David, the anxious guy who's in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, can say, I have comfort? How can he say that? And here's the answer. It's because he recognizes. He considers that he's with his shepherd. He considers that he's with his shepherd. In the middle of the valley of the shadows, David finds peace because he's in the presence of his shepherd. And, and here's what that teaches us, okay? It teaches us two things. If you're a note taker, here's where to take notes. Here's the first thing. It isn't the absence of problems that bring peace. It's the presence of the Lord. Let me say that again. It isn't the absence of problems that bring peace. It's the presence of the Lord. More money will not bring you peace. It's the presence of the Lord. A better job won't bring you peace. It's the presence of the Lord. You guys get it? Nothing, nothing will give you lasting peace except for the presence of our Lord. Okay, that's the first point. Here's the second point. That God is just as close to you in the valley as he is in the green pasture. That God is just as close to you in the valley as he is in the green pasture. Um, I don't know if I said this earlier, but, but David is a songwriter. He loved music. And actually, he filled a ton of the book of Psalms. Like, like I don't know if it was half or a third or whatever, but he wrote a bunch of them. And it's kind of interesting because there's explanation to this point that I believe he's trying to teach in other songs that he wrote in other psalms. So right now I want us to look at Psalm 139. It's going to be up on the screens. You guys don't necessarily have to turn there, but I'm going to read this to you because I believe it, it explains what David's trying to say. He says this, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, even, even in death, he says, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. And if I say, surely, the darkness shall cover me. And the light about me be night. Even then, the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for the darkness is his light with you. He says, you are always with me. That is always with David. And here's another psalm I, I believe that also proves this point. Psalm 34. He says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I want you guys to just, just hear that, hear that. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Do you feel alone tonight? Are you, are you crushed in spirit by your anxieties? Is the weight just, just too much? Well, t take heart. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and his name is Jesus. He is the good shepherd, and his promise is to lead you beside still waters. His promise is to be with you in the valley of the shadows. So where are you? So where are you tonight? 
Are you in the valley of the shadows? Are you in the middle of your anxiety tonight? Well, take heart. Christ is with you. And are you in green pasture tonight? Well, take heart. Christ is with you. Rejoice. This is the point. Christ is the good shepherd, and he's always with his children. That's just true. That's the truth that Scripture testifies to, okay? So now that we looked at, where is my shepherd? We considered with David, where is our shepherd? And we came to the conclusion, he is with us. Let's consider who is our shepherd. Who is it that's with us? Going back to Psalm 23, verse 4, David says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But, but who is he with exactly? Who is that you? Who is a shepherd? The beginning of the psalm reveals that David believes this person, his shepherd, to be the Lord. Look at that. Psalm 23, verse 1. Here's what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not just with anybody, says David. I'm, I'm with the Lord. And who is the Lord? He's the creator. He's the one who, by his very words, he spoke and he sustained all of this us and all the creation. He's the one who provided a way for Noah and his family through the flood. He's the one who provided offspring for Abraham. He's the one who appeared to Moses in the burning bush. He's the one who declares himself to be, I am. He's the one who redeemed Israel from 400 years of slavery. He led Israel through the wilderness of pillars and smoke and fire. He provided supernatural sustenance called manna from heaven when they were hungry. He ripped down the walls of Jericho. He's the one who gave strength to Samson. He strengthened the hand of David himself to slay Goliath. He's the one who's been faithful to a wandering people. He's the one who upholds his promises forever. He upholds his covenants. He is the great redeemer of history. The God who is full of steadfast and unmoving love. And David says, he is my shepherd. He's the one who's my shepherd. It's not just anybody. Let me ask you a question. Is he yours? Is he yours? Do you long to be in the presence of somebody like him? And have you considered that possibly maybe he's the one that's with you in the valley of the shadows? Well, there's good news for you tonight. Because here's the gospel. Some few thousand years ago, this God, that Redeemer, he humbled himself to be your shepherd. He did. He stepped out of heaven. He stepped out of glory. And he took the form of an infant. And after he was born, two things were said. The first one is this. His name is Emmanuel. And what does that mean? God with us. God is with us. And here's the second. It's like it. They said, peace has come. You get that? God, Jesus comes down and they say, God is with us. Peace has come. And here's the point. Peace comes to the heart that God is with. Peace comes to the heart that God is with. And God has come to be with you. That is the gospel. Peace has come. Peace has come to be with you. It's personal. He cares deeply. Deeply. Are you, are you broken tonight? Are you crushed in spirit by your anxieties? Peace has come for you. 
Peace has come for you. The light of Christ has come to bring peace to the valley of the shadows. The Lord has come to be the shepherd for the lost and to the anxious sheep. Do you hear him? Do you hear him? Are his words moving in your heart? Is he calling you to walk with him beside still water? Is he bringing comfort even now to your tired soul? He says this. He says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I will give you rest. I think in a conversation like this, it's, or in a sermon like this, whatever, it's, it's always uh, helpful to just ask this question, like, why? Like, why are you anxious? Really, like, the, I think we need to ask that. Like, is it because of, of, of poor health? Do you have crippling anxiety because you're hoping a long life, you're hoping a family maybe, is shot because of poor health? Is it because of money problems? Are you anxious because you have no idea if you're going to be able to make rent this month? Are you anxious because your student loans are like a dark shadow looming over your head saying you will never have financial freedom? Are you anxious maybe tonight because you're lonely? I can't find friends. Nobody loves me. I'm lonely. And maybe tonight you're anxious because the doctors have literally told you there is a chemical imbalance in your body. And so there are chemicals that literally ravage your body and create anxiety for you. Is that why you're anxious tonight? Here's the thing. I, I, have, I have no idea why you might be anxious tonight, but, but don't you think the Lord can do something about it? Don't you think he wants to? Hear this. Have you heard that he touched the leper and that man went away with no spots? And have you heard that he touched the eyes of a blind man and he went away seeing? And have you heard that he healed the bleeding woman? Have you heard that even with just his words, he spoke and he rose Lazarus from the grave? Have you heard that even on the third, he raised himself? Here's, here's the point. Here's what I'm trying to get at. God can do something about what troubles you. He can. He's a refuge for the poor. He is strength for the weak. God can do something about what troubles you. And here's the thing. If he doesn't, this is his promise, that he's present in the valleys. He's present in the valley of the shadows. That's what he promised to David. He was there with him, and that gave him peace. God is a peace bringer. He is a light in the darkness, and a rest. He is rest to the anxious soul. Come and find your rest in him today. Okay? So the last thing I want us to look at tonight is, is the actions of the shepherd. David considered this. He examined them carefully in the valley of the shadows. And I believe that there is life to be found in the truth that they reveal. And to be honest with you guys, this is, this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time in this sermon. We're going to consider the actions of the good shepherd. Okay? And I'm just going to give you like a little outline for it so you guys have some handlebars to know where we're going. Okay? Here's the first thing he does. He leads his sheep. He leads his sheep. The second thing is like it. He restores his sheep. He restores his sheep. And the third thing is this. He follows them with goodness and mercy. Okay, so first thing, he leads his sheep. 
Second, he restores them. And the third, he follows them with goodness and mercy. So let's look at how he leads his sheep. The first way that God leads his sheep is he leads them to a place of peace. Okay, to a place of peace. And I'm getting this from the second verse of the whole psalm. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still water. The answer to why the valley, why the darkness, why the valley is because the good shepherd is leading you to a place of peace. He's taking you to a place of peace. Following the leadership of God always, every time without a shadow of a doubt, it results in a destination of peace. But that doesn't necessarily mean you'll be in a situation of peace. And and, uh, let me try and explain that with a story. So, how many of you anxious people in here, or a scenario or whatever, how many of you anxious people in here are afraid of airplanes or flying? Yes, okay, there's some. I, I was so scared there's going to be none. Um, I am, like, terrified of airplanes or flying. I think all of those things are, like, hellacious nightmares. They're the worst things in the world. They suck. But So imagine this scenario. Imagine this scenario. Let's say you're in the middle, the middle of the Alaskan wilderness, right? You're in the middle of nowhere, 500 miles away from the nearest road, okay, and you mortally, you, you somehow get mauled by a bear or something, and you're mortally wounded. Somehow, God has given you the grace of self-service. So you're able to call the hospital, and you say, look, I, I need help. You'll die. I, you're going to die. You need help. And they say, okay, we're sending a helicopter. We're sending a helicopter to you. It lands. You are terrified of planes. I'm asking you, guys, the, the people who are scared of flying, do you get in the helicopter? Yes, <laughs> of course you get in the helicopter. Here's why. Because it's taking you to a place of peace, even though it's through a path you don't want to take. You guys get that? It's taking you to a place of peace, even though it's through a path you don't want to take. Sometimes God needs to take you through the valley of the shadows to bring you to a green pasture. Last thing that David says in this whole psalm, he says this. He says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Those are his last words. That's it. His faith and the leadership of God and where God was taking him gave him peace for his circumstances. Like, do you see that? He's in the middle of the valley of shadows. He says, I have comfort. I have peace. Why? Because I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His faith and the leadership of God, and where God was taking him to gave him peace for his circumstances. And I believe that trusting in the leadership of God will give you peace for yours. I believe that trusting in the leadership of God will give you peace for yours, okay? So we just looked at how God leads his sheep. He leads them to a place of peace. Now we're going to look at another way he leads them. He leads them in the way of peace. He leads them in the way of peace. And I get this from the third verse. It says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So I'm going to try and explain this to you with a story. So I used to be in the Boy Scouts, go figure, and um, there's this massive scout hike going on in the desert, like, hun- like 100 kids or whatever. We're out in the desert, and I'm with my dad. We're hiking, and all of a sudden, he's about to step on a snake, okay? Like he lifts up his foot. He's about to plant it firmly on this rattle guy, rattlesnake, and, and, uh, and he's going <laughs> to He's going to get his leg bit. He's going to get hurt. So I say, Dad, snake. There's a, there's a snake. And, and he says, he doesn't step on it. That's the point. He doesn't step on the snake. He steps back. And instead, <laughs> yeah, I know. Instead of, <laughs> instead of stepping on the snake, he crushes it with a rock. 
That's not the point of the story. But here's what I am trying to get at, if I can get you all back in the same place. He says, it's, here's the thing. The way of peace is like walking through the desert on a path that's snake-free. Like, you don't have to worry about this path. It's not going to lead me to a place of anxiety. You can trust this path. You don't have to worry. Like, everybody knows. I mean, if you're from Arizona, I, I, well, I don't really hike, but I, I would know, I think, that if you go hiking, you, you want to be looking out for some animals, right, like snakes. You don't want to step on a snake. You've got to watch where you're going, and you're always kind of like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe. <laughs> but but here's, here's the point. What if you didn't have to worry about snakes? It's, it's peaceful, right? You, you can rest. You can relax, right? You can relax on that path. You can rest on this path. And here's what the path is, the way of peace. Here's what the way of peace is. It's to love God and to love your neighbor. This leads to a lifestyle of peace rather than a lifestyle of anxiety. And let me tell you guys another story to try to prove this point, okay? So my sister was in the Girl Scouts. We were a scouting family. And uh, so we're, we're hiking in the Grand Canyon. We're going to a place called Havasupai Falls, right? You guys know what that is? It, anybody? Yeah, it's, it's this beautiful, amazing, awesome waterfall. It's powerful. Everybody loves it. So we're there. We're like camping at the top of this thing. There's like a river. It comes into the waterfall down there. So we're camping up here. And, and I'm like six or whatever, so I find the river that goes to the waterfall. And, I, and it's like super calm where I am. So I'm getting in there, and my dad just taught me to skip rocks. So I'm like skipping rocks left and right, pro rock skipper over here. And, and uh, pretty soon, the camp leader or whatever comes up to me. He says, hey, it's cool if you're in here by yourself or whatever. Just don't go past this big rock. The current does not look strong. It'll take you off your feet. It'll take you down to the waterfall. It's lethal. You'll die. Trust me. I said, okay. So I trusted him for a while. And... <laughs> And so, but these, when I did, I had peace, right? I avoided a lot of unnecessary anxiety. I trusted him. And then I didn't. And I started taking baby steps past this. I was like, oh, this is fine. I got this thing. I'm just skipping all. There's another rock. Oh, oh, another good one. And pretty soon, I'm, I'm pretty far down there. And I pick up my feet, and it sweeps me off my feet, and it takes me down this river. It takes me down this river to, to great anxiety, by the way like serious anxiety. I was losing my dang mind because I thought I was going to die. But here's the point. What David is really trying to say, really trying to say in the psalm is that following and really submitting to the leadership of the good shepherd, it doesn't lead to chaos. It leads to life. It doesn't lead to chaos. It leads to life. And he says it's like walking by still water. It's like walking by still water. So, Following the way of peace always takes you to the place of peace. You guys get how those two things kind of connect? Following in the way of peace always takes you to the place of peace. Okay, so now that we looked at the Lord's leadership, let's look at and consider how he restores his sheep. And I'm getting this from the second and third verses. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Um, we're going to go back to that Philip Keller guy that I told you in the beginning, the shepherd turned pastor. He has some really great observations, and there's a situation he talks about in his commentary called a cast-down sheep. This is when a sheep basically can't get back up. It's fallen down, and, and we're going to read about it. We have a quote. Harley, could you put that on the, the screen? We're going to read this together, okay? And I'm going to start at what happens is this, just so you guys know. Okay. What happens is this. A heavy, fat, 
or long fleece sheep will lie down comfortably in some little hollow or depression in the ground. It may roll on its side slightly to stretch out or relax, and suddenly the center of gravity in the body shifts so that it turns on its back just far enough that the feet no longer touch the ground. It may feel a sense of panic and start to paw frantically. Frequently, this only makes things worse. It rolls over even further, and now it's quite impossible for it to regain to its feet. In this position, gases build up in the body, cutting off circulation to the legs, and often it's only a matter of a few hours before the sheep dies. The only one who can restore the sheep to health is the shepherd. The only one who can restore the sheep to health is the shepherd. And here's the thing. It would not surprise me at all if some of you in here felt like you're cast down sheep. Like your anxiety has totally cast you down. Like it's cast you down. Nothing's restoring you. Nothing is working. The sex doesn't give me peace. The drugs aren't giving me peace. The relationships I want, they don't give me lasting peace. The new job doesn't give me peace. More money isn't giving me peace. There's always a morning after. And everything always runs out. I'm always anxious and I can do nothing about it. I am cast down. And I'm going to die because it is overwhelming me. Here's the good news for you. If you feel that way, Jesus restores cast down sheep. He restores cast down sheep just like he did with David. This guy that wrote the psalm, I told you about the seasons of anxiety, his, his failure. Let me tell you about some of them. This is the guy. He wandered into adultery. A lot of anxiety there. The Lord restored him. This is the guy who wandered into murder. A lot of anxiety there. Yet God restored him even still. He's the man who wandered into distrust in God, even in himself. A lot of anxiety there. But even still, God restored him. He restored David. He can restore you too. You get that? He restored a very broken man. He can restore you too. He's the great redeemer. He's the great redeemer. And here's, here's really good news, actually. To ask for it means to receive it. If you want restoration and you cry out to the Lord, his promise is to give it to you. So are you anxious? Have, have you maybe wandered into the valley of the shadows? Ask your shepherd for restoration tonight. He's faithful to give it. Okay, and, and here's the last point of, of this sermon, and we're going to kind of end with this. Um, he, he follows his sheep with goodness and mercy. That's the last action of the shepherd that David considers. This brings him great peace. He follows his sheep with goodness and mercy. I, I really do feel like this point explains itself, but, but here's, here's what I mean. Sometimes anxious people wander really far from the leadership of God because they don't enjoy his path, maybe. Maybe it's because they, they think there's a better path, one that's going to give better peace. I have no idea. But, but when that happens, when you have wandered far, when you have wandered into the depths of anxiety, and you have no idea how you're going to come back, God follows you with goodness and mercy. He does. So uh, after I got swept off my feet by this river, I, I didn't die, by the way, um, but here's the thing. Blue water became white. A quiet river became very loud. It was lethal. It was terrifying. And I, I, uh, 
I was able to swim to the other side, to, to the side that my parents were on, and I dug my hands into soft earth, and I grabbed onto these roots, and I'm like parallel, like I'm, I'm like with the water, if you get what I mean, and I'm about to get swept off the face of the earth, and I'm screaming out for my father. I'm screaming out for my dad. And you know what? He, he followed me with goodness and mercy. He came for me. He plucked me out of my anxiety, out of my danger, and he set my feet on solid ground. He took me from my anxiety, and he brought me to a safe place where I had peace. And here's the thing. God is greater than my father. God is greater than my father. He's the one who follows us with his goodness and mercy. And that's good news. The cross is evidence that Christ has followed us with his goodness and mercy. It is the ultimate display of his love and his pursuit of his lost and anxious sheep. It's the ultimate display. It's the ultimate exchange whereby he drank our cup of chaos, that our cup might overflow with his peace. Let me read that for you again, okay? He drank the cup of our chaos, that our cup might overflow with his peace. This is actually the truth that, that gave birth to the song we're about to sing uh, called Be Anxious for Nothing. A couple weeks ago, uh, Paul was just like sitting down with me and kind of coaching me through some of this stuff because, I mean, I, I don't really normally do this sort of a thing. And, and he, he was like, you should, you should tell the story behind that song. And so, so here it is. Here's the story. It's, it's super short, okay? I'm a super anxious guy. I am a super anxious guy. And God has followed me with his goodness and his mercy. That's my story. That's my song. So I'm going to pray for us right now, and specifically you who are anxious tonight, that it might become yours, and, and honestly, that it might become ours together, okay? Let's go to our Father. Heavenly Father, you are the great Redeemer. God, you are a peace bringer. You walk close to the brokenhearted, and you save those who are crushed in spirit. Lord, I ask that you would do that tonight. God, I ask for this song that we're about to sing. God, that it would just pour forth from the weak. God, that they would be strengthened by your spirit. God, that your peace, which comes from everlasting to everlasting, would just satisfy our souls. God, I ask just again, break the chains of those who are trapped by anxiety. God, rescue them from their wandering. God, become their peace. God, we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.